Today's daf is daf chaf in Meseches Beitza, Meseches Beya, and we pick up on the bottom of Yud on Beis 19b, three lines, uh, four lines from the bottom of the page, right? The two dots, and it, we quote, we're quoting the Mishnah where we say, actually, the Brisa which says, simcha." When a person sets aside a carbon taida, you can fulfill your mitzvah of taida, but you don't fulfill the mitzvah of carbon chagiga, which is a chiyuv. Which is a yomtif obligatory offering. It's simple. Why would you be allowed to fulfill your mitzvah of chagiga by a carbon taida, which is uh, which is just a uh, which is which is just voluntary? So why would I say that you cannot fulfill your mitzvah of chagiga? That that simple. Like tzricha says the Gemara. No, there's taka chiddush. In this statement, why the Afagav departs? Even if he said at the time that he set aside his taida, I'm doing this for the mitzvah of Karma Chagiga, still the Tanai, the condition does not uh, th- does not last, and it's considered a taida. That's not considered a Chagiga. That's Taka Chiddush. asked a question, uh, searching for information from his beloved brother-in-law Rabbeinu. Somebody says, I take responsibility. I pledge to bring a carbon taita. But I'm going to fulfill it by bringing my, my carbon chagiga. Okay? Or Harini Nazir. Somebody says, I am a Nazir. Okay? He's not allowed to cut his hair. He's not allowed to drink wine. So on and so forth. We now turn to the top of today's daf. I'm going to take a haircut from money of Meiser Shani, okay. Now, Meiser Shani money has to be used to purchase Meiser Shani. Now, let it use it to fulfill your obligation of a Nazir. So, Mahu, what's the Allah? That was Rish Lakish's question to Rabbi Echen. Since at the original time of the, of the promise, the pledge, you already had in mind to be able to use these other things, do we say it's okay? Maybe it should be okay, because otherwise, you know, usually everything follows a person's intent. Says, the nether takes effect despite the stipulate despite the fact that we're not going to follow through on your stipulation. The pledge, the the oath takes effect, um, and you need to do it properly. Nazir you become a nazir, and you need to use your regular money to cut your hair. You now to use the money of Maishashini. Okay. Hogavradamalu. There was a person who said to other people, Give 400 Zuz to this guy, and I want him to marry my daughter. Right? Aval, um, and this guy, Rashi points out, was somebody who had one foot in the grave, the other one in the banana peel. Yeah? He was on his way out the door. He says, I want this guy to get money, and I also expect him to marry my daughter. Because I'm giving him this dowry. Amr of Papa. Papa says, This guy could take the money. He's not obligated to marry the daughter. Okay, we can split up the instructions of the dying person. The reason why you could do this is because he says first, give him money. And after he said that, he said, And I would like him to marry my daughter. What if he says, I want him to marry my daughter, and then I'll give him 400 zuz, then only if he marries her does he get the money 
the Lainasid Laishak. If he doesn't marry her, he doesn't get the money. Marima was sitting and teaching this over in his own name. Okay? He said, when somebody says, I want to, I'm taking upon myself to do this, then he makes a tenai, makes a stipulation. writes, then uh, you become obligated, but you have to do it properly. So, um, um, you're teaching it like that. You want to teach it in your own name, but you should know that we learned it from Tanayim. This was a back and forth between Reish Lakish and his beloved brother-in-law, Rabbi Yechanan. Everybody ultimately is agreeing to the halacha that the obligation remains in effect despite the fact that you can't follow through on the stipulation. All right. Tani Tani Rabbi they taught a brisa in front of Yisrael He brought the Ayla and he did it according to its halachas. According to the mishpat of the Aylas Nedava, you see from over here that an Aylas Chayva, an a obligatory Ayla offering, there um, you need smicha. You're going to have to lean on it. Now we know is by a, is by a pledge by a voluntary offering. What we're learning over here is that it must be done when it's a chiyuv as well. Omar Lay, Rabbi Yisrael says, Domar Lachman, yeah? Um, who said this? Who said this uh, uh, opinion? Beishamahi. It's Beishamahi. Deloi gamri shalmei chayva mi shalmei Who says that stamazai, in a plain situation, you don't learn out the shalmei chayva, the halachas of an obligatory carbon shlamin from a voluntary carbon shlamin. Okay? Meaning you need a pasuk to tell me that the halachas of a shalmei chayva are the same as a shalmei nedava. And if not for that pasuk, we would not assume that the halachas are similar. And that's a pin of a shaman. And it's not basil. You know why? Because if it's following the pin of basil, since we learn out the halachas of Shalmei Chayv from Shalmei Nedava, Eilas Chayv Nami Laisi Baikra, so an Eilas Chayv, obligatory offering, you also don't need a Pasuk, the Gamri Melas Dava, you learn out from Eilas Adava. So you see from over here, where you need a Pasuk to learn out the halachas of a mandatory carbon from a voluntary carbon that we're following Shitas Beishamai, and we're not following what's your background where do you see this that Basil is of the opinion that you that whenever you find the halacha by a carbon which is voluntary we're going to naturally assume that those halachas apply to the same named carbon which is which is obligatory maybe they should learn it out from the uh, from the oilas chayva and which it itself needs a pasuk, and if they, if we're going to say a needs a pasuk, so then the pasuk, so, so then you need a pasuk with the as well, and we don't necessarily need to be following beishamai because again, why are we saying it's that that uh, we're following shitas beishamai because you need a pasuk according to Basila, we said it's not him because it's not shitas because according to Basila, you don't need a pasuk, but now we're saying that says the Gemara perhaps. You should learn out the halachas of a chayva from a nidava, 
from a from a voluntary offering, and the pasuk is taken either for the ilas chayva itself. Yeah, that you need a that you need a smicha, and we're gonna and and therefore basel does fit very well with this brisa. Answers the gemara no. Why would we say that there's a difference between an Ayla and a Shlomim? I'll tell you, when it comes to carbon Shlomim, it's very common. All right? It's very common. People pledge carbon Shlomims um, all the time. It's a very common thing, right? They get some of the meat. The Kain gets some of the meat. Some of the meat gets brought up on the Mizbeach. This was a very popular uh, carbon. All right? So when something is very popular, maybe it's important to have the halachas of smicha, the, the obligation to lean on it, as opposed to when there's no, uh, as opposed to when there's no, uh, when there's no, um, uh, as, as opposed to when it's less common, right? When it's less common, maybe there'll be no chiyav of smicha. And therefore, they still should not be able to learn out oila shakein kolu, because it's completely burnt up. And um, it's uh, it's um, nobody eats it at all. It's less common, and therefore, just because you find a halacha from a shalme nedava does not necessarily mean that we can transfer that same logic over to a shalme to a to an oilas nedava. So says the Gemara. Let's go right there. Says the Gemara. Ella asya mi Maybe the reason why Basil says that you need smicha is from a combination of the halachas of a shalmei nedava and an oilas chayva, an, uh, an obligatory offering. And mamela, you could say as well, what we're coming out with is that Beis Hillel can also be the Tana of Arbraisa the same way that Beis Shammai may be the Tana of Arbraisa. All right. Now, let's go back to... Um, what we learned yesterday. And that is that the Shammai was of the opinion that any um, carbon that can be brought on Yom Tif, the smicha should be done before Yom Tif. Okay? You can't do it on Yom Tif. Does the Shammai hold the Shammai the Dov Chayva are allowed to be brought on Yom Tif because they don't need leaning? What time was the Rabbi Sammai? Everybody agrees that when it comes to a shalmei chayva, that you need smicha. You got to lean on it first. Where are they arguing? I'll take it for smicha shechita. Whether the leaning has to be done immediately prior to the shechita, or whether it can be done well beforehand. Bishamai says that it doesn't need to be right before. Therefore, do your smicha on Arav Yom Tif. Lean on it before Yom Tif and bring it the next day. Bring it on Yom Tif itself. Bissell says, no, the whole process has to be done the same day. It's got to go one after the other. And therefore, um, um, and therefore the smicha needs to be done on Yom Tif. Lamaisa, what you see from here is that um, everybody holds you do need smicha. Right? Everybody holds you do need to lean. The question is whether the leaning is allowed to be done prior to Yom Tif prior to the day of Shechita, or not. Says the Gemara, <coughs> Rabbi Yitzchak, who says that um, there's no obligation to lean on a Shalmei Chayva, who do Amarki Aitana, 
He's got a different price of backing him up, and therefore he's not blown out of the water. The time we learned the price, I'm a basic Reb Yehuda. Like Nechul B'Shamay B'Sil, I'll take a smicha shchita. Sorry, B'Shamay B'Sil agreed that the shchita has to come immediately after the smicha, not like the price we just said. The price we just quoted says that the machlekes punct is in whether the shchita follows the smicha. But says this Brisa, they agree the shchita has to immediately follow the smicha. Aman Nechul. So where's their machlekes? Al smicha atzma. What do you mean smicha at all? B'Shamay Emrim ain't tzarich. B'Shamay says, listen. You don't need smicha. Yeah, you don't need smicha. And therefore, forget it. Forget the smicha. Bring your carbon and yamtiv. Misol says, no, you do need it. And uh, since it's necessary for yamtiv, uh, since necessary for the carbon, and the carbon needs to be brought, you'll be allowed to bring a shalmei chayva. Okay. Now, according to this, Rabbi Yitzchak is not blown out of the water. Right? Because again, what was our whole question on Rabbi Yitzchak? Rabbi Yitzchak was, uh, said that Beishamai holds you don't need smicha. According to this b'risa, Beishamai Kitaka holds you don't need smicha. That's what, it's, that's what this b'risa seems to say. There's no smicha necessary. Okay. Here we go. Turn around, the rabbis learn so true. There's some fascinating stories here. Fascinating stories, some fascinating messages as we enter into the yomtif of Sukkot. very tukupasmi, very appropriate. Listen to this. Son of the rabbis are so sweet. My son, Belazakin, story with Hilazakin, Shahidi, Ayla, Soi, Lazar, Lis, Michael of the Yom. If you brought his Aylas, his Ayla, his obligatory Ayla, Nailas for Ia, Lis, Michael of the Yom. If you brought it to the Azara, to lean on it on Yom. All right? She does base Hillum, and base Hillum himself did this. Listen to what happened. Chabalov told me the Shamay Azakin. And students of Shamay ganged up. On him, and number one, my tiba shalvei mazu. What are you doing? Why are you doing? Um, why are you bringing noilas chayva? Okay, why are you bringing noilas chayva? Amar lahem, listen. The kevi lazif cheshlam Chill out. All right. Um, it's a nekeva. It's a female. I'm not bringing noila. I am bringing a shlam. Okay. Fine. Now. That wasn't necessarily true, but he was trying to de-escalate the situation. Yeah, people ganging up on him. He's like, okay, everybody chill out. Yeah, he moved the tail to show it was a female. Amar um, Lahan. So he says to them, all right, now uh, we know that a, a female can wear the shlom. Amar Lahan. So he says to them, uh, I'm sorry, Nekebu Zivusam Aviusa. And he, he moved the tail. And they stopped bothering him. All right. They stopped bothering him. They said, okay, you know, we're going to leave you off the hook. We're not going to start a macho. Uh, we're not going to burn dumpsters against you. Fine. And that day, Beishamai um, in Halacha got the upper hand over Beishilo. And they wanted to establish the Allah like them. Look what we were able to do. There was one Talmud of Shammai. His name was Baba Bambuta. He knew that Halacha was like base Hillel. Okay? That it's permitted to lean. Um, and he sent, we now turn to Amr Beis, 
Behavi called Sain Keter Shabishlaim. And he, he like purchased all the sheep in Yerushalayim. Bemidon Bazar. He put them in the Zara. Omar called Misha. He writes a Yismach Yavav Yismach. Anybody who wants to do smicha could come do smicha. Okay? Come lean on it. Why? Halach is like Beis Hill. So he's offering people free karbonas. You have free opportunity to connect to the Baruch as long as, right? Like Avram Avinu, as long as you make a bracha. Right? Baba says you could do it, as long as you do smicha, like Beis Hill. Interesting, right? Because he was, again, who was he? What do we see in the bottom of Amid Aleph? Baba Mambuta was a Talmud of Shammai Hazakim. And he knew that Allah is like him. So on that day, people seem to realize Allah is like Basil. Basil got the upper hand. Allah was established like them. And that set the tone. That set the tone. Okay, That made it that uh, everybody chapped. Everybody realized the halach. Shuv Now, it happened again. There was another story, okay? With another story. We're now at the two dots, six lines down, five lines down on Chaf Amud Beis, 20B, okay? Five lines down. There's another story. From one of the Talmidim of Beisil. He brought his Ayla and he won't do smicha on Yomtiv. Right? Basil says we do smicha. Bishamah says we don't. So one of the Talmidim of Bishamah, I saw him doing smicha. Amar Allah, and he says to him, Mazu smicha. What are you, uh, what are you leaning for? Are you leaning for? My Rebbe says you're not allowed to lean. Lost the place, I'm sorry. Amar Allah. So Basil's Talmud said to him, Mazu shtika. Yeah, zip it. Yeah, keep it down. Shiska ibn Aziva Valakhla. And this uh, when he told him to be quiet, he he uh, basically um, did what he had to do. He did a smicha bahalakhlay and he went. Alright? Just say that. Now says the Gemara something so interesting, right? Now keep in mind in the original story, Hillel himself was involved. Over here it's all Talmudim. Alright? So Hillel knew how to de-escalate the situation, and he, he wiggled himself out and he moved on. All right, but here we have Talmidim. Very often, Talmidim of Rabbeim, they take a little too far. Um, if you have a yeshiva guy who somebody gives him musr incorrectly, don't overreact. Don't overreact. Don't do more. Right? He said, what are you doing? And he says, eh, don't worry about it. Zip it. <laughs> uh, the the mazu smicha. He said, what are you doing, smicha? And he said, mazu shtika. The proper way, if somebody gives you, if somebody gives musr to someone else, and it's an, it's an incorrect musr, you're not willing to be macabre it, Right? Or you, the person who gave Musr is wrong, don't, uh, not to react too strongly to the situation. Okay, fine. Let's keep going and talking about this Machoikas between Shammai and Hillel. All right, here we go. Tani, we learned in a Brai, so Amadabisil, the Beishamai, Beishamai, 
I'll tell you why we know you could do smicha on Yom Tiv. He says, one second. On Shabbos, are you allowed to shecht? No. A regular person is not allowed to do food preparation on Shabbos. If you prepare it on Friday, it's ready for Shabbos, right? Like life, we prepare in this world, we'll have an Eilam Haba. You prepare on Friday, you have on Shabbos. You don't prepare on Shabbos. It says Beisot Beishamai, on Shabbos, where it's usher for a hedyot. It's usher for a regular person, mutter legevoya, but it's mutter to do melacha for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You're allowed to do the carbonate pomade, you're allowed to do various carbonas. So on Yom Tif, where a person is allowed to cook for themselves, prepare food for themselves, how much more so should you be allowed to do any sort of malacha for HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Where are you going to take care of yourself without the Ebishter? You can take care of yourself more than the Ebishter? Of course not. The Dorav and the will prove that you're wrong. The Dorav and the are mutter to a Hedyot. Um, with a with regular food, you not let to bring the dorm and the davis, right? He says says Beishami in response. One second, if you're going to tell me whenever something's permitted to a human, logic dictates that it's mutter to do with takadus baruchu. Why is it that I'm allowed to shecht an animal for my own yomtiv table, but I'm not allowed to bring a carbon uh, dove on a yomtiv? It's for takadus baruchu. Right? What were we saying previously? Because no excuse to bring it a different day? What do you mean? If I could do it for myself, let me bring it for the Abishta. Amalem Bisil. Bisil says no. It's not a it's not a terrace. You know why? The Dharma and the Davas, they have no shaykhs to Yamtim. Yeah, you could have done it before, you could do it afterwards. right, is meant for Yamtif itself. It needs to be brought on Yamtif. And Mamela, Ayla should be allowed, even though other other Nadarim and Adavis are not. Amalem Beishamai, so Beishamai says, no, Afsu ain't Kavu Zman. Even though does not have a set time. Doesn't need to be brought on Yom Tov. How do you know this? It's not. We learned in the Mishnah, Mishlei Chag B'Yom Tov Shachag. If a person did not bring his Eilas meaning his, or, or his Karbar Chagiga, or Eilas on the first day of Yom Tov, are you allowed to bring it on Cholamayid? Yes, sir. You let her bring it on all the days Yom Tov Achron Shachag, and even on the last day of Yom Tov, referring to Shmini Atzeres. You see, from over here, if we're going to allow in um, Eilas Reiyah, which uh, which does not need to be brought on Yom Tov itself, Frak Beishamai, Beishamai is asking a question: Why are you allowing Eilas Reiyah and not a regular Nadar Nadava? None of them need to be brought technically on Yom Tif. Yeah, but Lamaisa, there is a set time. There's a set time for it. Meaning, not. We learned in the Mishnah. Let's say you missed the whole Yom Tif. Okay? You're done. That's it. You lost out. You lost out on your mitzvah. So you see from here, as soon as Yom Tif's over, Granted, you're supposed to do it day number one, and if you don't, you have the rest of the yomtiv. Fine. But once yomtiv's over, have you ever heard of bringing an ayla shreiya, two ayla shreiyas the next year? No. Once you miss it, you miss it. Ayla, by, by, by a carbon nether or an adava, you're not limited to a time frame. Amalem be'shamai. One second. Alaykvar namar lachem. 
Alright, you want to start telling me these things are allowed on Yom Tif? To bring an Ayla, an Ayla Asriya? One second. The Torah only permits you to prepare food that is Lachem. Prepare food that's for you. Not food that's Lagavaya. But then Beisillel, Beisillel says, It already says that, that, that we're doing it to, to Yom Tif for Hashem. What does that mean? Called the Hashem, um, anything that is for Hashem is Mutter. So you're going to say, Aye, one second. Is it Lachem or Lashem? I'll tell you, Lachem Bulay Lakusim, Lachem Bulay Lakuat. Yeah, Lachem doesn't mean as opposed to Karbana, says Basil. No. What Lachem means, it's for you, but not a Kusi, and you're not allowed to prepare food or cook food for your dove. You're allowed to do it to yourself. Okay. Abishol, I'm Rabbalosh Nacheres. Abishol taught the back and forth between Basil and Bishamah a little differently. And he said, When your oven is closed, meaning on Shabbos, when you're not allowed to cook, the oven of your Rebbe is available and open. You're allowed to bring Eilis and burn Eilis to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. When your oven is open and available on a Yom how much more so? Should it be permitted? This is what Bissell is calling Bishamah. How much more so should it be permitted to bring your uh, your carbonus on Yom Tif for Hakadosh Baruch Hu? B'chein b'din, And logic, you know, uh, logic dictates if you're going to have food on your table, certainly you got to make sure that your master has food on his table. If I'm allowed to do it for myself on Yom Tif, if I'm allowed to shecht and prepare food for myself on Yom Tif. I should certainly, logic dictates, I should certainly be allowed to prepare food for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So my Kamifugi, what is the difference between the first approach of the Mashal, we'll call it, the parable of that, you know, the Kavachemer that Pesil wants to tell Beishamai, um, which was, uh, the first one was, um, Yeah, something that's that's mutter uh, to you know that we're not going to take care of a head yet before gavaya. While Abishol is learning it more of a master with an oven. Bottom line is one an afinah is going to come out between these two lashinas is according to the second lashon. The darim and the davas will be allowed to be brought on yomtiv because the oven's open. The oven's open. If I'm allowed to open my oven for myself uh, when I choose to, to prepare food because I want to eat. So even in Neder and Nedava, for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, even though it's not time-bound, should be allowed to be brought on Yom The oven's open. Okay? Umar Sabar, Ein Kravim V'Yomtev. According to the first opinion, Ein Kravim V'Yomtev, you would not be allowed to bring um, your uh, Nedarim and Nedavis on Yom Okay, Amar Avuna. Avuna says, According to the opinion that says, you're not allowed to bring the Dharma and the Davos on We shouldn't say that this is only Midrabanan that it's not allowed. But Midraisa, it is allowed. Rabbanan who the Gazubah. That it's Xera. And the reason why the Rabbanan say it's not allowed is because um, uh, people are going to wait, really you could have done it before and they're going to wait and they're going to do it on Yom Dif and then they're going to come to Yisurim's maybe that's why you're not allowed to bring the Dharma and the Davos no, don't say that's the reason the reason why uh, you're not allowed to bring a Neder and a Dava 
is actually midairaisa. How do I know this? The two breads that were brought on Shavuos, okay, was mutter, and um, and uh, they had it, but it needed to be baked before Shavuos. And there's no concern that you might end up waiting. We still say it's not Doiche Shabbos and it is not Doiche Yomtev. Okay? So you see from over here um, that the, the issue is going to be a Dairaisa Dika issue as opposed to a Dirabonon Dika issue. All right. Here we go. Let's go a little weiter and we'll get to the two dots on Daf Chof Aleph Amur Aleph. Rav Amar. Rav says, Ayiboilu. He asked the question. Two dots. According to one, it says Dharma and Adavis are not allowed to be brought on Yomtiv. What, what, what do we do to that guy who shachted a nether and a nidava? What's the question? The Isser was the Shechita, but now there's a process once you shacht an animal that needs to be done. Do we complete the process? Or do we say, no, that Shechita was totally not valid and you're done? It's it, you didn't have error. Okay, it's not even a carbon. So you buy a little different. What do you do if he didn't have era? He transgressed and he shot. Rav Amarav says, I'll tell you what you do. You sprinkle the blood and the meat of that carbon is allowed to be eaten. Okay, once the dam is once the dam is zayrik, once the blood is sprinkled. You are permitted to eat the meat. So you didn't have era, but says Rabbah, okay, Lamaisa now, you could gain from it. You let us sprinkle the blood, but the goal is not to eat. The goal is the goal is to be able to burn the rest of the the uh, the emurim that are part of the carbonus that need to be burned that evening. Okay. Says the Gemara, my What is the nafkamina? Between practical nafkamina, between Rava, again, who says that you're allowed to sprinkle the blood in order to eat, and Rava Baravuna, who says that you're allowed to sprinkle the blood in order to be able to burn the Imurim that night. What's the practical nafkamina? They're both saying you're allowed to sprinkle the blood. When somebody does an Avera on Yamtiv, and he takes a voluntary offering and shechts it as a carbon, it's an Avera. You're not supposed to do that, according to this opinion. What if I did it? All right, I did it. So now, is it, again, the question was, is the carbon out the window? You didn't have error? Or do we say, fine, you didn't have error, but keep the carbon going. You're allowed to sprinkle blood on Yantif, you just weren't allowed to do the shechita. All right, you did have error, you move on. Okay? So, Rabbah says, sprinkle to be able to eat the meat. Rabbah Varavuna says, sprinkle to be able to burn the word. My benai. Says, I'll tell you a very practical difference. What happens if the blood becomes tummy? The, the meat becomes tummy? Or the meat gets lost. According to Rabbi Lazarik, you're not going to sprinkle the blood. Why? Because you're not eating the meat anyway. You know why you ain't eating the meat? It ain't on your table. It's lost. And if it's tummy, for sure you're not eating it because you're not going to become tummy on the umptive. Yeah? It's tummy carbon. The Rabbi Huna, who says that the reason why we sprinkle the dam is to be able to burn the parts that night. You're still going to sprinkle the blood. Okay? Why? Because there may be other parts of the carbon 
that still need to be processed. All right? It's not lost. It's in it become done. So you have other stuff to, you know, there's other, uh, there's other parts to wiggle with that need to be reckoned with, as we say, reckoned with. And therefore, you would go ahead and keep the process going. Okay. A couple more steps, and we'll hold it here. Meisvei, they asked a challenging question. Somebody shechts the sheep of Atzeres, the sheep of Shvuas. Okay, there, there was there were two sheep that were brought as a carbon shlamim together with the shtei halachim. Right, there were two special breads of Shvuas, and together with those two breads, there were two sheep. These two sheep were shechted shaloi lishma. They weren't shechted with the proper intent for the carbon. Again, what type of carbon are they? A shlamim. Eh, the one who shechted it had a different intent. Yeah, he intended it should be an idol. Messed up. All right? Ay, or, it wasn't that he had the wrong intent. Sheshachton, bein lefnei zmana, bein lachar zmana. He shechted at the wrong time. A little too late, a little too early. Adam yizarek babosar yachad. The is, you sprinkle the blood, and you're still permitted to eat the meat. Okay, you're still permitted to eat the meat. Vim ha'isa shabs. However, let's say it was shechted on Shabbos. La Yisraelik, you're not allowed to sprinkle the blood. You know why? Because on Shavuos it's Yom Tiv. So you're allowed to deal with the fires and the burning and the. Um, you're allowed to prepare the meat, okay? But if it's on Shabbos where it's not allowed, La Yisraelik, you're not allowed to sprinkle the blood. And if you did sprinkle the top of tomorrow's daf, Hortza, it's still a kosher carbon. Amenas la hakre murim la erev, and. Um, it's uh, what he should do is it's good on condition that is he should make sure to burn the parts of the carbon that evening okay now Shabbos we're dealing with Shabbos okay the meat is not going to be allowed to be eaten by a person you're not eating the raw meat okay Vim Zorak what happens if he did sprinkle the blood? So then, dieved in. You weren't supposed to, but if you did it, the carbon lemaisa was accepted. Lechatchila, no. But in, like initially, um, you're not allowed to sprinkle the blood. You know why? Because again, according to this, why do I sprinkle the blood to eat? Am I going to be able to eat the meat? No, because it's Shabbos. So I can't prepare the meat. I can't cook it. So I'm going to leave off a raw meat. So don't. So we said initially, don't just don't sprinkle. Forget it. Just forget it. Just move on. Right. But if you did, if you did, um, you're not supposed to sprinkle. If you did sprinkle the blood, all right, you got a valid carbon. What's going to be with the meat? All right, you got to leave it over. You got to leave it over. It is what it is. You know. Um, but if you didn't sprinkle it yet, we're going to tell you don't sprinkle. According to Rav, who says the reason why you're sprinkling is to be able to eat it, this whole b'risa makes a lot of sense. According to Rav, who says, the, why do we sprinkle it to allow the imurim to be burnt that evening? Kasha, this thing makes no sense. Say, oh, initially don't sprinkle it because what? Then you're going to be allowed to burn it that evening. Yeah, you could burn it that evening. It's going to be after Shabbos. No one's eating, there's nothing to do with the eating the meat anyway. There's no difference. Answer the Gemara, Kasha. It's a good question. I'll explain what this is. A very fascinating answer. There's a difference between a rabbinic prohibition of Shabbos and a rabbinic prohibition of Yom Tif. There are more makbid on Shabbos than, uh, than on Yom Tif. We'll hold it here for today. Let me just explain for a moment this thing of Akasha. It's a very important idea in life. Very important idea. Um, you know, practical, how we, how we move about things. 
The Gemara had a question on Rabbi Baravuna. Rabbi Baravuna, how are you going to stand with the Brizer? Sometimes, if an Amira can't find an answer, what do we end off with? Fiyofta. All right, you're blown out of the water. You're done. Gone. You're off. Can't argue on the Brizer. Get out of here. And then, that word that we use in the Gemara is called a Fiyofta. He's refuted. Upslugged. Get out of here. Busted. Yeah. In slang. Over here it says Kasha. What does Kasha mean? Kasha means I don't have an answer, but doesn't mean I'm. Eh, I don't necessarily mean doesn't necessarily mean I'm wrong. Okay, and we come across this very often in life, where people sometimes will question other people. People question us. You don't necessarily have an answer articulated yet, but you still know, you still know that there's there's room to wiggle. And I'll explain just to end with this. There's a story brought down about the Chassam Seifer. Chassam Seifer, when he was a little, he was already elderly, and he sat down to learn the Bismedrish. And there were, he was, he was sitting there, there were two young whippersnappers, two sharp-minded guys who were, who were learning the Chavrusa in the Bismedrish. And they see the Chassam Seifer walk in. Yeah, they had a question on the Gemaras. They go over to the Chassam Seifer, and they ask him the question. So Chassam Seifer gives an answer. And they tore it to shreds. These two guys, two guys, two sharp colored guys, you know. And they, they tore the Chassam Seifer's answer to shreds. Mamish. They showed him why it's wrong. So he thought for another few minutes and he gives another answer. And they, they started tearing it apart. He thinks for another few minutes and he says, my second answer was right. I'm not sure why, but in Klau Yisrael, one elderly Yid is always more right than two young whippersnappers. That's how it works. And he stuck to his guns. He didn't have a response. He didn't have a response. I'm not sure. I just know I'm right. This, this second shot, he knew he was right. That was it. That, he knew he was right. I'm not sure. That's a kashi. You have a question on me? Fine. I hear the question. But the, the MS of what I'm saying doesn't, uh, I'm not backing off. I still believe in the MS of what I'm saying. All right. Well, did you have a wonderful young to everybody? Bez Hashem. Tomorrow we'll do daf in person. For those who are able to make it uh, before Mincha in the afternoon, and then we'll do Dav Chav Beis, Bez Hashem, on Matzei Yamtif. Okay, so we'll just miss one, uh, one Dav together, tomorrow's Dav, and then Matzei Yamtif will, at 9 o'clock, Bez Hashem, we will do Dav, uh, we'll do Dav Chav Beis together. All right. Chakosh Vesumeya Chavra. Zagizam.